everyone. Welcome back to another episode of These Are The Valleys. I'm so excited to get into today's topic. Um, It's all about kind of figuring out what to do during your time in the valley. I felt like when I was down and out, you know, going through it, going through my dark times, I didn't really know what to do. I went from not doing anything to trying to do everything and just really found it hard to find the balance. So hopefully today I have these three major tips on what you can be doing in the valley and what you should kind of keep on your priority list as you walk this thing out with God. Let's get into it. So the first point is solitude. Okay, don't be afraid to be alone in this season. In Psalms 91 1 in the New King James Version, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to read that again. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So, what that means to me is, Your most important priority here, when you're really trying to spend time with God, when you're trying to seek God, when you're trying to find God, is to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Now, that's just super religious wording for spend time with God, spend time alone with him, spend time away from everyone else, spend time away from your distractions, spend time away from social media, from television, from secular music, spend time under God's presence. And a lot of the ways that we usher that is through praise and worship music, through listening to sermons, through talking with friends about your religious journey. Um, Those are just some of the things that I personally do to kind of get in God's presence and kind of feel him closer to me and dwelling in that. So dwelling is like this super old school world for just word for just sitting in it, like just sit in it. When you turn on that Tasha Cobbs, Leonard, honey, when you turn on that Maverick City music or whatever music you use to really get you to that place of just reverence and worship for God, when you turn that on, that presence that comes on you, that thickness that comes on you, that reaction that you have to the music, that is where you want to dwell. That is where you want to sit and just let that do the work that it needs to do in you. We've talked previously, probably on like the first episode, and I think a little bit in the episode with Jordan about how the valley is really about God wanting to get things out of you or get things done in you. And a lot of times we can't He can't do that if we don't allow him the space and the opportunity with an open heart to perform heart surgery, to perform mind or brain surgery. We're not allowing him the opportunity and we want to know why we're still the same after we've been praying and going to church for all these years. It's because we continuously jump in and out of his presence. We refuse to actually sit and dwell and actually sit there and let him do to you what he needs to do to you. The Bible says that he is a God of restoration. He is a healer. He's a deliverer. Well, he's not able to do those things if one, we don't bring them to him. And two, if we don't sit with him long enough for him to restore, long enough for him to heal, long enough for him to deliver. And so my challenge to you in this valley, in this first point is to just sit in that solitude. I know for me, I had a really big, really bad case, like not had, I It was ongoing, a really bad case of like FOMO, which is like the fear of missing out, where I would always feel like I should be where all the people are. And it's kind of natural, you know, as humans, we want to belong. We want to have community. We want to um, have companionship and 
just company. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, in this season, you really want to take the time to just kind of Take all of those expectations that you have out of humanity, um, them providing you entertainment, them providing you with good counsel, them providing you with whatever it is that you find at the bottom root cause of why you want to belong, why you spend so much time with other people. Take that to God. Like he is everything that he is. You remember that scripture where it's like, I am that I am. And for a while that used to like, bewilder me and I just felt like it was one of those super religiously coded things that people just used to say but nobody understood but what I've come to realize through my time in the valley is that what he's saying there is he is blank that he is blank okay he is the healer that heals he is the provider that provides he is the deliverer that delivers he is who he is okay whatever you need him to be if you need him to be your revenge like the bible says that revenge is not ours but the lord's um if you need him to be your refuge if you need him to be um just a listening ear he can be all of that and so we can discover that for ourselves and the way that I discovered that truth for myself, not just through reading the word, because this is not a passive religion. This is an active religion. Um, but through actually spending time in solitude with God, I would really implore you guys and encourage you guys to get a prayer journal ASAP. It's not anything special, not anything super cool or magical or holy oil anointed. It's, just a journal that you can literally get from Hobby Lobby or Dollar Tree or Five Below or wherever you shop. And you literally just write your prayers in there. So I'm super corny. So I write down, dear God, every time. And at the end of whatever I've written down, I write amen. And I write things in the perspective that I'm speaking to God. So if I'm talking about God, I don't say God, da 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 da. I say you, da 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 da. You get what I'm saying? It's almost like a letter to God. So In this practice, I've been able to see, one, um, a huge increase in my time that I'm spending with God. Two, I've been able to see God actually answer prayers. How many of us feel like we pray for things and God never answers? Like, it's so hard to hear God answer. Like, what do you mean God answered your prayers? Um, So sometimes when I look back at my prayer journal, even from just like last year or a couple months ago, or even like last month, there were things that I wrote down that I was really asking God for clarity on or asking him to help me in this situation or help me to navigate this or that or the third. And looking back, I can see that those prayers were actually answered. Even things that are so um, elusive, like, oh God, I just want to be wiser. I want to have more patience. And those aren't things that have a measuring stick per se, but I've been put in scenarios, you know, closer to date more recently that have required me to be more patient. And I've been able to rise to that occasion, rise to that challenge that have required me to be um, wiser or slower to anger or, you know, not as quick to judge people. And I've literally been seeing the manifestation of my prayers that I prayed months ago, weeks ago, days ago, even today. So I would just implore you guys in your quiet time and your solitude time that you welcome God into your solitude and peel your eyes for him in the little things. This reminds me of that song called Million Little Miracles by Maverick City Music. If you haven't heard it, I give you full permission to pause this podcast and go listen to it and then come back or listen to it at the end of the podcast. But it's called Million Little Miracles by Maverick City Music. 
Y'all, this song really puts me in such a place of thanksgiving and reverence for God. Like I literally sit in awe of God because really when you look at your life, there are a million little miracles. And I think a lot of times when we hear the word miracles, or let me speak for myself, a lot of times when I heard the word miracles, I would just think of like these huge things that we read about in the Old Testament, like the parting of the Red Sea or like the donkey talking or the burning bush or, you know, just all these really, really extravagant things. But I've had to remind myself like the Old Testament and now are completely different times. Not only historically and societally, but spiritually as well. Back then, people didn't have the Holy Spirit to fill them like we do now. They didn't have the unhindered access to God that we do now, thanks to Jesus. So back then, people needed those extravagant signs and wonders to actually believe that there was a God at all because they weren't able to pray directly to God. They had to go and sacrifice animals and have the priest go on their behalf to God. Like they didn't pray to God themselves. And that's so crazy to me. You know, it's like, ah, like <laughs> what were y'all doing? Um, But it's a different time spiritually. We have different access. And so not to say that God does not still perform extravagant miracles because he does, but maybe there's a difference in the miracles. Maybe they're not as obvious as they used to need to be because now we have God internally. Now we have the access to God. The veil was torn when Jesus died on that cross. So now we have the access to God that we didn't, that our people didn't um, have previously. So yeah, just wanted to leave you guys with that um, at the end of that point. So second point, something to do in the valley, okay? Steward, okay? Steward. This is basically a fancy word for taking care of what you already have. So what has God already given you that you could take better care of? If you're praying for, for a car and you're believing in God for a car, But you don't even wash the car that you have now. The inside looks crazy, okay? All your lights are on, child. You wait until you get to the very, very bottom, bottom, bottom part of your gas tank to fill it up every single time. You're not even stewarding over what you currently have, but you're asking for something bigger and better. That doesn't make sense. Not only does that apply to material things, it also applies to our spiritual gifts. Um... You could be the type of person that has the natural ability, let's just say, you know, something physical like singing, right? God naturally gave you the ability to sing. So it would be audacious of you to return to heaven at the same level and ability of singing that God naturally gave you. What have you been doing to multiply what God has given you? This reminds me of that parable that Jesus talked about, about the, um, The three guys, right? So there was this big, like, let's just say business owner. I'm paraphrasing. Let's say there's this big business owner, right? And he had three employees or three, uh, yeah, three employees. So he gave the first employee five bags of, of a hundred dollars, right? But he gave him $500. The second, um, employee, he gave him $200 and the last employee, he gave him $100 and then he left, right? So this is the business owner's money. Okay, it's not their money. They're just taking care of it while the business owner is gone. So the person, when the business owner comes back, he's like, what did you guys do? So the person that had the $500, they say, oh, master, um, you know, I went in the stock market and I doubled your money. 
the business owner says, well done, great job. I'm gonna give you extra for, for what you've done. I'm gonna give you five more on top of what you've already you know, had. The one with two did the same thing. They doubled what they had. They multiplied what they had. And um, the business owner said, well done. You're going to receive, you know, double fold of what you did as well. But the third one said, oh, I knew you were such a harsh guy. Like you don't play about your money. So I actually dug a hole in the ground and put your hundred dollars in the ground. So here's the exact same hundred dollars that you gave me. So the business owner was like, you wicked employee. How dare you? Give me back exactly what I gave you. You should have multiplied and added on to what I gave you in the first place like these others did. So I'm going to take your $100 and I'm going to give it to the person that I gave $500 to, though they don't need it. They did well with what they had so I can trust them. Don't let this be you. I don't want this to be me. I don't want God to give me a talent, a gift, a calling, and I sit there and just bury it in the sand. You remember that song? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Y'all know that song? Okay, this little light of yours, you need to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hello? So, That applies to everything. Like when God said, be fruitful and multiply, he's not just talking about having kids. He's talking about everything. Everything that he has given us needs to be multiplied on and we need to be bearing fruit from it. Um, Not only does this apply to things like that, but it applies to like, did God give you a business idea? Did God give you a book idea? What has God already given you that you've placed on the back burner? This is time to start working on that. This is time to perfect and master your craft that God has given you before he brings you into the limelight. So that way you're ready. Okay. You may be a singer, um, praying to God for a contract. You know, you want a record deal. Ah, ah, ah. Okay, cool. But like, are you even ready for that? How many times a day are you practicing? How many songs have you written? You know what I'm saying? What are you doing to master and perfect what he's given you so that when he does provide you with an opportunity to do so, you're not fumbling the bag? Has it ever occurred to you that God doesn't want to give you an opportunity that he knows you're going to fumble? God never takes you to a level or exposes you to things that you're not ready for. So sometimes when we're, we're in a season of the valley, God's waiting on us. Sometimes God's waiting on us to get it cracking, you know? This reminds me of David before he became like the big king back when he was a shepherd. Um, He used to play the lyre, which is like a modern day guitar. Um, And uh, yeah, so when... The king at the time, King Saul, was having uh, troubling dreams or something like that. He was having a tormenting spirit. He was like, oh, bring me somebody who's really, really good at playing the guitar. And these people found David and brought David to the palace. Okay, this is one of his first introductions into the palace after he was already told he was going to be king. The first time that he gets a whiff of what God promised him was because he, he already knew and perfected the liar. Hello, like guys, sometimes the things that God has given us are tools, are stepping stones to get us to our destiny, to get us to the destination that he wants us to be at. If if David had been home with the guitar just collecting dust and not being ready, he would have missed an opportunity to meet the king. Not only that, we can think about his slingshot. We all know him, David and Goliath. Yeah, yeah, But before he was David and Goliath, it was David and the lions, tigers, and bears, baby. He was watching over his uh, dad's sheep and there would be 
wild animals that would come and try to attack the sheep and he would literally fend them off with the slingshot that's how he got fired at it y'all think that god yes david and the david and goliath you know david and the slingshot and hitting goliath with just a little rock and knocking him over is you know a miraculous event However, David still had to bring some level of expertise for God to work off of. You get what I'm saying? David wasn't new to this. He was true to this. What is God asking you to be true to today? What has God already asked you to be true to that you continue to sit on? Huh? Like, ooh, that's so good, y'all. That is so good. Because when it was time for David to shine with Goliath, that's how come he could have some level of confidence to walk into that battlefield with Goliath when all the rest of the soldiers was not need shaking in their Valentino boots because they didn't know, you know, how to proceed. But since David had been in situations where he was scared, you know, but still had to protect and still had to execute and still had to fight. This was, this was just another day. You know what I'm saying? Like get to the point with the things that God has given you where it's just another day when he answers your call. Come on. Glory to God. That is so good. That is so good. Y'all that was all the Holy spirit because, Ooh, Ooh, that was so good. All right. Point number three, surrender. Okay. Surrender. And this was the one that I feel like I had the hardest time with. I'm very much so a go-getter, very much so a goal-oriented individual or even a task-oriented individual. So when I got to the valley and it just kind of seemed like there was nothing to do, I like kicked it into full throttle trying to do a million things at once and trying to make everything happen. But that got me a whole lot of nowhere, y'all. Let me tell you. When you're in the valley, you have to stop trying to make things work on your own. Forcing your life will never lead, will never yield the fruit of peace and joy that God has promised us, right? We're called to be a God-led people. So that means we move when and how he tells us to. For example, in 1 Peter 5, 6, the New King James Version, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. What does this mean in modern day people speak? Okay, it means give it to God and trust that God, who is a powerful God, will bring you where you need to be in due time. Isn't that comforting? I find that to be so comforting because I was in a headspace kind of sort of, it was like, I was listening to culture. Culture was just like, grind, grind, do it, hustle, wake up before the sun, go to sleep before the moon, then wake up again, do it, work out, eat protein, eat vegetables. Like it was just like, oh God, like I have to force everything in my life. Like everything in my life has to come through just like hard labor. And it's not to say, it's not to say that God is just supposed to walk you through a meadow and you're just supposed to magically arrive at your destiny. Absolutely not. Faith without works is dead. We get that. Cool. Practically speaking, though, we should not be trying to force our lives as children of God. Maybe that's what other people have to do. But we literally have the creator of the universe on our side. 
We have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords on our side. We have the Holy Spirit, which is the ultimate teacher to show us and guide us. Okay. Psalms 32, eight says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. We don't have to worry about pushing life to the limits in order to see fruit because God says if we abide in him and he abide in us then we will bear much fruit oh oh that also reminds me of the scripture seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you over and over and over again the bible tells us put God first in your life and he will get you where you need to go So I know it's difficult in the valley sometimes to feel like, oh, you know, my life is going somewhere. Sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes it looks bleak. Sometimes you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But that's why we have the Bible. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we have community. Because we can, through those resources, we can be re- um, renewed in our mind and comforted and reassured that that's false. It's false. And we don't look with our eyes with our eyes and see, right? We look with our spirit and have vision. And vision is something that comes not by fact, but by faith, right? And so when we have that vision, when we are moving by faith, yeah, sometimes it's gonna look dark. Yeah, sometimes you're not gonna see that light at the end of the tunnel, but you can hold tight to the promises of God because he has not failed you yet. Baby, you still taking breaths as we speak, not even thinking about it. Okay, God's hand is already on your life. You can look back in your life and think of times where A, you shouldn't be here. B, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? There's some kind of blessing or some kind of favor, some kind of grace on your life. Even even as we speak, I shouldn't even be here. That car accident should have taken me out. It's by God's grace that I was able to limp out of that situation and come into full healing to this day, you know? So yeah, y'all, I just want to re-encourage you guys to embrace the solitude. Um, what was the second one? Oh, steward over what God gave you. And to, oh my Lord. And to surrender, okay? Surrender all of that hard grind culture mindset. Surrender that to God and allow him to just guide you. Allow yourself to rest in his finished works. Allow yourself to rest in the in the knowing and the fact that God will get you where you need to be. Where you are is where you need to be. All you have is all you need and who you are is enough. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say after that. <laughs> um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I hope you were able to get something from this. Um, please leave a rating and a review. Um, on Spotify, you can only leave a rating right now, but on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and a review. And then feel free to shoot me a DM um, on Instagram at the Jasmine Cambridge and just let me know what you think. But thank y'all so much for tuning in. God bless you. And I'm going to do my little corny signed off. Um, I may not know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet. But for now, these are the valleys. Thanks, y'all. Bye.